Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen and Janine. We have what is quite possibly the most... Is it unfairly maligned or is it just absolutely this should be as maligned as it is movie that we have I mean... in this whole series on fringe Marvel movies that we are talking and have been talking all through the month of August here on this show. Um, is it? Is it unfairly maligned? I mean, or is it just a victim of circumstance? Because a lot of things that make this film um, maligned uh, is because of things that were out of the filmmaker's control. Um, yes, Josh Frank had so. kind of come forward with statements about studio interference and the fact that this was really just a movie to keep the you know movie made to keep the rights to the franchise, to the series, to these characters. Um, so there wasn't a lot of effort put into, um, you know, the higher ups to really craft a good film. Um so the fact that it was kind of taken away from the vision of the director and cut down and chopped up and all kinds of changes made. Um, yeah, I think the final product is definitely something that deserves to me be maligned, but um, <laughs> not the, not to the fault of the people involved, the actors in the film, the director of the film. Um, yes, so just, perhaps just the victim the, uh, of studio in interference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, per perhaps not in the, the easiest sense to let someone say hate on a movie that this movie yeah. has been. It's been given its fair share of, of hate, let's yeah. call it what it is, over the past uh, eight years now since it's been released. We are talking uh, 2015's Fantastic Four, or lovingly titled Fan Four Stick, as it yeah. is known because it just had to shove the four in place in of the, the A, so everybody calls it fan-four-stick. Uh, Josh Trank, the director, has since become known as Trank the Tank, because his movie tanked and his career tanked right after yeah. it. Um, that wasn't, I don't think that's accurate. I just thought that rhymes, so that kind of works well. You're it? really just making up facts um, here. <laughs> and because it sounds so Britishy, Britishy, it sounds like you're really speaking truths. <laughs> it's not untrue. I just came up with the moniker Trank the Tank. Uh, it's not okay. untrue. And it's not necessarily, and like you said, it's not necessarily his fault, and we'll be getting into it all because it is a very strange situation, I yes. find. And having watched this movie, um, not watching it in 2015, which I actually think is a little bit strange that I didn't watch this in 2015 because I feel like that was a time when I was watching an awful lot of stuff and or perhaps that was maybe 2016 was a, as a big year of essentially watching everything that came out. Yeah, perhaps I'm misremembering years there, but I certainly recall this movie being the butt of a lot of jokes, Janine. For example, when I first um, was made acquaintance with you, which was about <laughs> this same year. Yeah, um, I, to a point, think it is a little bit 
unfairly maligned okay. because I think there's there's things in here and there's ideas in here. There's a a, a, a tone and a conception or a you know a conceptual idea that is actually a very interesting Fantastic Four story, or at least a very interesting. Oh yeah, conceptually. There was an interesting direction. The Fantastic Four in. Yeah. Um, And for the first hour and and 10, hour and 15 minutes of this movie, I was sat there thinking to myself, why why do people hate this so much? Like, okay, it might not be anything special. It's trying something pretty interesting and yes or okay it might be a bit too self-serious for its own good some of the performances are a little bit blander than you would want them to be but this is this is a a, a decent enough fantastic four movie isn't it and that's about an hour and 15 minutes into the movie and then for some reason the movie does not go on for another hour after that when in the pacing of the movie, it absolutely should. It instead ends about 15 minutes later after one fight with Doctor Who who comes back (laughs) in out of nowhere and with seemingly no real motivation or anything like that. It is... It's almost as though... The pacing is a mess. Well, it's almost as though all this very known studio interference and, and, and... outside issues that this movie had it's almost as though it happened chronologically as the movie went on is did they film this movie in chronological order because oh yes well let's take our time let's get do all this let's set up all um, these people well, perfectly nicely reasonably well balanced all keep their own individual stories have the origin have you know them them knowing who victor von doom is uh, working with him him being obviously put onto the planet where they get all the powers from and, and left there and to yes to come back later. And it all kind of builds up and builds up to the to the point where you think, okay, let's bring them all back as a team now. We'll get a nice little bit of the movie where they are learning to you know become a team. They'll be fighting with each other. They might go on a couple of, of, of missions. And, and all the while, perhaps Doctor Doom will come back into the movie and we'll see what he's been up to. We'll get into his mentality and we'll have a big final fight as we are, as we always do in these kind of superhero movies. But it doesn't do that, Janine. No. It does the no. last bit and only and the last to bit. To answer your question about the chronological order... No, I would think that Kate Mara's frequently shifting and terrible wig would be yeah. the answer to that question for you. It's a fair point. Yes, it's a very, very fair <laughs> point. Um, there's just weird things going on, really, yeah. with Fan Stick. There is, and it's one of those that is, I think, just a bitter disappointment because I can see what it wanted to be very, yes. very clearly. He definitely wanted to play into some body horror things. The fly was an inspiration in terms of the transformation some of these characters were going to go through. And, you know, you see glimmers of that. 
Um, but with the whole self-serious tone on top of having this kind of body horror Cronenberg type kind of thought process um, and the terrible pacing, it just doesn't read as as interestingly as I think it could have. There was potential there with the thought and, you know, so many other interfering factors just let it all down. So, yeah. And it is a shame. It is a shame. But you know what isn't a shame, Janine, is when we have to say a big thank you to all our patrons. <laughs> because yes, we love doing it we every do. week on an episode of one of the shows here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. Um, because we can't do what we do without our wonderful patrons. And, and we're so very much grateful for them. Um, if you would like to join them and support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Uh, find the tier that is right for you or there is a donation link in the description as well if you would like to uh, support us that way and are feeling particularly generous today uh, we would love you forever much like we love and want to say thank you to marie zambina and thank you adam witt thank you to michael smith thank you maxwell haddad thank you abby freel thank you Ferris muthana Thank you to Janine's Big Brother Justin 90s Comics Box. Thank you, Video Drew. Thank you to Tina Farrow. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Steve, Movie Fenobi. Thank you, Samir Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Harden. Thank you, Carla Fies. Thank you to Delisha Butler. Thank you to the great Ken Napsok. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. Thank you, Eric Garcia. And thank you to Billy Pollahan. Yes. Okay. Fan for <laughs> stick, Fantastic. Yes. Um, do we go character by character? What what, I mean, what what do we do? I I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess we so. can. Um, we open with Reed, a, a young, seemingly maybe elementary, junior high Reed Richards. Yes. Um. He's a nerd, Reed Richards. He's a, he's just a little science geek, really, isn't he? Yes, and he's talking about this career he wants to have and study, you know, you know, teleportation type science and things like that. And um, his teacher, played by Homer Simpson, uh, is very discouraging to the point where he tells him, you know, his scientific aspirations don't sound like a real job and that was the point of the project so you fail yeah, he's really come back and do it again tomorrow he's very harsh um he is unnecessarily yeah. so we 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 expect a little bit of cruelty from homer simpson we do yeah but um dan castellanetta is turning on the strict kind of bitterness yes of this particular very bitter teacher. and discouraging um, and then we meet Ben Grimm as well. Very just like silent, you know, a man of few words type. He kind of passes by Reed and sees like all of this science in his notebook and is intrigued by him. Uh, then we see his home life. He lives on kind of like a kind of a car junkyard type tow company or something. Yeah. Like a, you know, chop shop kind of place. And um we learn that his famous tagline that he would use once he becomes the thing of it's clobbering time yes 
is a line that comes from a source of trauma because that is what his older brother played by the other Hank's child, the uh, white chocolate Chet Hanks would the say one to him, we don't talk about. Yes. Um, him who is what he says to him before he beats him up. So it's horrible, famous, really, isn't it? Yes. To, so to taint his famous line that he uses as kind of a fun tag in comics and in movies it has now been reduced to a source of abuse trauma. Um, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> well, I, I suppose that speaks to the self-serious nature of this movie. And tonally, I suppose something like that probably does fit. However, when it comes back into play and obviously the thing as the thing says it's clobbering time in the final battle of the movie you expect then having known that it comes from this place of familial somewhat abuse i, I guess it's just a, a maybe it's a little bit over intense older brother fighting or something like that i don't quite know how violent it gets it's not made extremely clear how violent that may get but you would expect to feel uh, a certain sense of uh, reclamation relief for for, for ben Grimm in yeah. that final but they, they... battle but no it just ends up being oh the thing said the thing line yeah and that's it and that's all you get um exactly and you know they make him a very tragic mistreated character in this movie um you know i liked in the tim story films they actually do delve into the pain of what he's going through his fiance or his wife leaves him yeah um, you know i always remember that scene from you know from, uh, yeah Four, and he can't one. pick up the ring because of his big rocky yeah. fingers and you know so they do tap into the the tragedy of his character and the sadness of you know everyone else at least you know the changes they go through they can still live somewhat normal lives and he cannot um so i like that they tapped into that while still keeping you know the flair and kind of goofiness and um, you know, fun of the character that we do see in the comics. So I think the Tim Story films actually found a balance there of not shying away from this the tragedy of what he's become um, while still keeping it the character that we kind of know from comics. Whereas this one just makes him wholly tragic. And I think a lot of people also bring up the fact that he has no underpants so he doesn't he doesn't and it is very no, strange actually is, i was quite kind of strange looking. i was a, i was a little I, I kept having to remind myself and just like no wait a minute no the thing and is it, definitely naked yes there. That's, and okay. i mean and it others him from the team even more because one of the big issues with this film in general yeah. is the fact that ben is already so separate from everybody um, because the plot works out to where Reed goes to this science institute to work with Sue and Victor um, and Johnny. And so they all work together and get close. And Ben is nowhere to be seen until it's time to go to, you know, the place where they get their powers. And then all of a sudden, now it's time to call in Ben. So Ben doesn't have any emotional build or ties to anyone but Reed. And even then, they don't really build their relationship to be incredibly strong. 
So the fact that he's now even othered in his outfit or lack thereof is just another thing to really not have you feel any unity, any team spirit with any of these characters when they're supposed to, when that is like the core of the team of the closeness that they have, you know, they're the first family of comics and they do not feel like a family, nor did even feel like friends. So, no, it's, it, it's very, it, it's very strange in that sense. As you mentioned, yes, they are the, the, the first Marvel's first family as they are. No, yeah. uh, the fantastic four have still, you know, you can think what you think about the Tim story movies. I, I certainly, don't mind both of them. I think the the first yeah. one is a stronger movie than the second movie. Um, but I, I really, I really don't mind either of them. And they're certainly at least coherent and competent and complete. Whereas this movie is feels like a very incomplete movie. Yes, really. And at least when they come together at the end, there is some sense of a team kind of dynamic. If there is, movie. yeah, they they, you know. they do very much feel like they are together and you're entirely right in everything you've just said they don't feel that there's no connection between this team at all and of course we're dealing with the same kind of characters and yes okay there's no there's no uh, romantic relationship between reed and sue here yes like they attempt there is in, they, in, they, in the tim story movies yes there's a, an established broken relationship um, there's even, you know, while Ben is kind of more tied to Reed in the Tim Story films, there's a history there that they all work together. So at least, yeah. you know, even, even though it's been a few years, Sue knows Ben and they have a, a good relationship and the, the kind of razzing and kind of uh, light antagonistic relationship between Johnny and Ben is also established that it's always been like that. So when they yeah. are kind of messing with each other, you know, you can jump right into that because they've set up that they've had this relationship for years. Um, but kind of going into this new relationship, Ben and Johnny have no scenes together. So when Johnny says that really mean thing to him at the end about, you know, trying to name the team and saying, you know, you're the thing that nobody wanted, it just feels mean because that relationship was never established. Ben was just Reed's no. friend who kind of came in to go on this fun mission with these people he doesn't know. And then he turns into this rock monster and nobody cares because they don't know him. Is and this the one not... person who does know him leaves him there. Yeah. So... Is, is, is this not always the strong team dynamic by the end? No. No, we, we don't. But is, is this not always the... Um... Not the issue, I suppose. That's that's the wrong word. But this is not always the way with Ben Grimm the thing in any sense. Because really, when you think about it, the three human beings. Yeah. Because can you can't call can you call the thing a human being? He's the thing. He's just the thing. His name's Ben. He used to be a human being. He's now a rock monster. Um, Reed, Sue, and Johnny are actually family-linked people. Yes, yes. They are. Married two of them are married, brother. and two of them are brother and, and sister. Sibling, yes. So they are, and Ben 
is always the fourth weird outside one who isn't related, who's just exactly. a buddy. So to get back to the point of, in the history of the team, he's already kind of on the outside in so many ways. And now you want to add another element to that, not only having him have no involvement with any of, other, of the other characters, but also don't give him a corresponding, matching, unifying outfit. He's just running around rock naked. Yeah. So Weirdly, <laughs> there's one element in this movie where he actually isn't the outside one, and the outside one is Johnny, and it's when, during the uh, the final battles, um, Sue's using her kind of invisible force field things, yeah. And flying around with herself, Reed, and and Ben in the force field. And Johnny's the one flying around all over the place on his own because he's a yeah. ball of fire. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who to consider as the outsider. And we shouldn't really consider anyone as the outsider. Well, yeah, I mean, and then like, Sue like gets said, her time. Sue gets her moment to be the outsider as well. Because she, she doesn't does. even get to go on the mission, which is how weird. She... How and they make it, and they make it somehow that some the the flash was powerful enough to shoot from the the transportation machine out to give her abilities. Why did she not go on agree. that trip? It makes why no did she not sense. go on the trip? It doesn't make any sense. That's the whole origin of the Fantastic Four is the four of them go on the trip. <laughs> yes, well, That's the five of the them. Point. Oh, the five of them, yes. Sorry. <laughs> forgetting about Victor Von Doom. Forgive me for forgetting about Victor Von Doom because the movie did. So yes. <laughs> why am I not allowed to forget about him? Yes, and it was very much the start of trying to make Toby Kebbell happen. And Toby Kebbell is incredibly talented, but like he just never is given these like really great opportunities. Um, no, if he's picked, not forgotten he from your really yes, if he's not forgotten from your plot, he is a, a mo camp a mo cap monkey. So you don't even see his yeah. face. Um, yeah. as he was a King Kong in Kong Skull Island, and he was um the I think antagonist ape in the planet the second Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, okay, um, so yeah. Um, but his his Doctor Doom look. I think you get a little bit more of him, obviously, when he's still Victor, the kind of crazy, crazy kind of outed scientist who's yeah, you know, he's dangerous. He belongs in prison. Tim Blake Nelson says in this movie because he's yeah. an authority figure for some he's reason. He's reckless. Yeah. He, he's reckless, he's dangerous, um, we can't trust him. And uh, Franklin Storm, who's, you know, Johnny and Sue's dad, he's he heading this this facility. He trusts Victor Von Doom. So uh, he brings him involved. And you, you, you get more of a... You become a little bit more familiar with him when he's obviously still a full human. Yes, because um, we spend you... about 80 minutes with them as human people building this machine, not really using any of that time to build up any chemistry or rapport. Um, no, un un and, unfortunately and building, so. And building this origin. So, But I do again, still feel like, I do still feel like those, like you said, pretty much 80% of the movie 
that you do spend with their their origin and and their coming up as individuals and ending up working together on the same thing. I th I, I do think is played reasonably well, but I think I only think that because I was then expecting another hour where they would become familiar with each other after they got the powers and they would become friends because yeah. of this mutual connection they've all just been through. And we never got, no, we didn't get any of that. And Victor Von Doom does come across as rather aloof and full of himself a little bit. You know, I a bit I'm better than everybody else. And to an extent, perhaps he, he is. But obviously he's left on, on planet zero, as they call it or whatever it's. Yes, because it's very names. much, it turns into this, okay, we've built the machine, it's ready to go. Um, the higher-ups want professional, like, people to come in and actually test it. But they're like, you know, you remember the names of Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, not the men who actually made the thing that got them to the moon. So yeah. they don't want to be subject to that kind of uh, forgotten-to-history type situation so they all get drunk and decide they're gonna go and they totally leave sue out of this decision out of this kind of whole moment i mean i think it would have been fun to see her kind of maybe loosen up and get drunk with them and have you know that energy too or them convince her or something um and that would have at least kind of created this sneaky break the rules type rebellion bond between them um, but no, she's completely left out of this whole scene and moment only for them to call Ben in at the last minute and have him come. And Ben isn't even part of the kind of bonding that happens in the scene. No, he, he's not like, called where's until Ben Bean. He's been off yes. living his own life. And so and we don't even cut back to Ben to see what he's doing while Reed is here working on this. Reed doesn't even call in Ben to be like, oh, he can help with this part of this project or something. Um, so we then after dropping Reed off at this this kind of project, we never we don't see Ben again until this scene when he just decides to call Ben in the middle of the night. Yeah. And let's get my old school know. buddy back involved. Yes. And so he has no relationship, no rapport because it's immediately call Ben. We get in the machine. So even if maybe they had Ben be a part of that scene where they're making this plan or something. And yeah. have him be a part of getting to know these other two guys in some way and have Sue involved and have this rebellion of wanting to be remembered for their work and all of that. Have all five of them have that together. That would have made so much more sense. But no, it's like Ben is just a tag along and then ends up being collateral damage. So they go, um, they end up on the planet zero. Um, uh, Victor, he gets his tether broken and falls into some liquid goo over there. And then they all run back to go back. And something happens to each of their pods that affects their the powers that they end up getting. Um, nice. And then oh. Sue, she sees that there's been some breach that the machine's been turned on from some computer because... This whole kind of first half of the film are several scenes of people just staring at computer screens and pretending to type stuff. Um, very it interesting is, yes. stuff. Very interesting I, I stuff. <laughs> I, I actually, 
And I know I, I, I've said this a couple of times now, but I, I do feel like I'm a little bit more into the majority of this movie than you are. And I think, no, you know, this is, this, these are yeah. fair opinions to have. And, and I'm wondering if it is, in fact, because you felt like, okay, it's really going to get into the meat in a, here in a minute. And yeah, and I was genuinely shocked so when you the were, movie ended. So you were letting yourself enjoy this time with building this machine and seeing these characters have some kind of dynamic build and it was going to build even more coming up. And then when it doesn't, okay. And then it didn't. So, I mean, but me watching it, knowing that that's what happens. Possibly. And feeling like that time was not well used because nothing happens. You don't feel a bond between these characters. They're, they don't use that time to integrate other characters into this bond that is supposed to come later on. Um, so you just spend the whole, the whole almost of the runtime watching them build a machine and stare at computer screens and have bad chemistry together <laughs> so that's I, I what guess, I, I guess that's where my head is at kind of watching the beginning it's very kind of boring and nothing really happens well um, uh, no i certainly i certainly won't be watching this movie again and perhaps this <laughs> this just speaks to me as it is morgan hasn't seen watching it for the first time and yes. not knowing much about it yeah. as a as a plot you know, not knowing much about it as an actual story, and to be honest, not knowing an awful lot of Fantastic Four lore outside of those Tim Story movies. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've not read any Fantastic Four uh, books or anything like that, so I'm not overly familiar with them at all and... in, in a story aspect yeah i mean i read comics when i was little and i watched the cartoon that they had so that was one of the okay. you know, more kind of older marvel cartoons that i would watch so i mean we'll use my gauge for whether i enjoyed a uh, a superhero movie a comic book movie or not janine and, and and we'll bring back the does this movie make me want to go and read fantastic four yes because actually um... it does Okay. Actually, um, it does, but and I think that's just because I realised that they are so they are such important characters to to modern fiction and things like that and, and popular culture that I am so unfamiliar with, and I like, like I said, the somewhat darker concept that this movie has with them now it can yeah. get lighter after that but i would be up if if any if there's anything out there and i will need to search this up of a a, a reasonably tough dark version of the fantastic four's origin story that that becomes you know more of a yeah we are uh one team now so let's go out and then they become the kind of the friendlier and, and more pleasant and a bit happier and all that kind of stuff that yeah we kind of know and and would like them to be but you did mention as well that the tim story movies do balance those two elements pretty well i mean like i said before as well i i do always remember that scene from the first tim story fantastic four of um 
Ben Grimm coming back to his wife or his fiance, like you said, um, after he's obviously turned into the thing. And he's wearing this ridiculous big coat and a hat yeah. to try and hide himself. And I remember the line. I've not watched this movie for, for years, a long, long time. But I remember the line he says, and it's, uh, you remember when we said um, we'd be together forever, no matter what? And then he just comes into the light and takes his hat off. And she's just obviously terrified, terrified of him. Terrified, yeah. Yeah, and then she finds him on the bridge and just puts his and ring that, down. And then he, he's really can't, sad. And the sad, like, struggle for him to even try to pick it up. Um, it's really quite sad. I know it's played a little bit goofily, but it is... Genuinely yes. sad. It and I mean, he's literally me for this many years otherwise. And the whole bridge scene happens in that film because he's like sad sack on the on the bridge. Like I don't know what he's contemplating or thinking, but I think there's an implication there that you know he's up there to run a, potentially run a it's a wonderful life kind of situation. Yes, exactly. Um. So, yeah, they do balance that really well. And they do even have this antagonistic, like, they have to find the team within type dynamic. There's bickering and arguing and hurt yeah. feelings and, and built up tensions that they ultimately have to work through to become a team. So, you know, they have that there. But here, like, there's not even enough interaction between the four slash five of them to even feel anything or be invested like they no. kind of so easily leave Victor behind and don't really give much thought to him after that. Um, no, he's, there's not even he's like never a mentioned. No, he's never mentioned again. There's not even a like when they get back. Yeah, and even though you know they're dealing with other like we have Reed, you know, strapped to a table, all stretched out, and that's kind of trying to play into like the horrific elements of this body change that he's going through. And he's like, uh, where are my friends? Where are my friends? Like these people, like you didn't seem to build. It didn't feel like you built up enough chemistry with these people to be calling out for them in a drugged up stupor. Um, maybe now, Ben, uh, maybe being maybe, concerned about I, I, Ben. But no, yeah. he's like, my friends, where are my friends? They did not give us enough to warrant or to have that that line feel earned at all and at least in that same sequence ben is actually calling directly for reed yes he's not just saying my friends who i don't know and met once this yeah. one time yeah he's calling for reed the one person who he thinks can help him who's his friend who you know who leaves they... him janine who essentially leaves him. and i'll be back for you and then he just leaves um yes selfish reed rich i thought reed richards was supposed to be from all accounts just a a complete you know kind of happy not happy but not arrogant science geek ridiculously intelligent genius level yeah but not a la tony stark yes definitely not a dick <laughs> like Tony um, Stark obviously what I know. Yes. was not arrogant much less so yes um so yeah like just I remember because I this came out the same year as Mad Max Fury Road and I remember watching both of these films I think this one came out in May and Fury Road came out in August and I remember 
as soon as I got out of Mad Max Fury Road, because I was so excited for this Fantastic Four movie. I was excited about this cast, the interesting kind of casting change up with, you know, having Michael B. Jordan be the Human Torch and this kind of yeah. um, uh, adoptive family type situation. I thought that was kind of a fun, interesting change. And it, yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I was excited. So after kind of being wholly let down by that, I go and I watch something like Mad Max Fury Road and I see this weirdly great unexpected team dynamic form in that movie. And thinking to my first thought I remember was just like, how did this random ragtag group of people from a Mad Max movie form a, more relatable and enjoyable and interesting team than the fantastic four that is their whole trademark yes yes it is it is a strange thing to think and i don't disagree with you in that sense looking at this cast from the outside it's 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 you know reasonably good though, right? Yes. You don't have any issues with the casting necessarily. I think no. performance-wise, Miles Teller isn't giving enough. No, he's not. Well, I Miles heard he Teller, and, I heard he and and Josh Trank did not get along. I heard oh, something I see. about like okay. even like fist fights between the two of them Ooh. and things like oh, that. We don't so that. I don't know how true any of that is, but I had heard a bits about it not and Miles Tiller was his like his first pick. Like he wanted him really bad for this part. I, but I, I heard there really... were issues with them getting along on set. And that's unfortunate. But I, I do think Miles Teller is actually a really good idea. I would not I mean, for God's sake, we'll we'll never get Fantastic Four MCU announcements, will we? There's strikes, there's delays, well, there's, there's all there's sorts. All we'll these never different get different rumors. Well, we're we're getting, you know, uh, Vanessa Kirby as potentially your Sue Storm, and um, okay. yes, and um, why am I blanking on his name? There's, Everybody, there's many, there's many people, there's many people. Yeah, so there have been like casting rumor things kind of coming out. What's his face from Stranger Things, um, as one of the roles, either the thing I think. Oh, and um, what uh, Eddie Monson, whoever. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Joe he was, Quinn he was, is that his name? Maybe the Joseph, Joseph Quinn. Yes, maybe as Ben. The, I don't know. Or... Uh, yeah, I don't know one of one or the other. Yeah, so all of these kinds of things. Um, I think I've seen Jack Quaid in there as well. Kind of his name come up as maybe Johnny Torch. I could believe yes. that. I yes, be, I would be. I would. I, I could see that. All I'm saying with all this really is that I actually think Miles Teller fits a young Reed Richards really, really well. Yeah. In terms of who Miles Teller is, what he's kind of like as an actor. Because he can play very confident, but he can play really just... He, he, he can p- pull off... Over-focused, neurotic, yeah. He can pull that off, and confidence, and action star. He can pull those three things off. And yeah. you need someone to pull those three things off. Um, weirdly enough, someone like Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I think could also do something oh. like that. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe he's a little bit too. I don't know, handsome for what I picture Reed Richards to be. I okay. genuinely picture Reed Richards as just a complete 
like a, a Jerry Lewis 50s geek. Do you know what I mean? I, I yes, really yes. picture him like that Yeah. for some reason, who just becomes confident when he starts stretching out a bit. Yeah. All he needs is a bit of stretches, a bit of stretching, and he becomes yeah. confident. Do your stretches, Reed. But Come I mean, on. I liked the idea. Like, I liked what um, Yoan Griffith did, or Griffith did. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, He's got he a weird name. Much... Welsh, nobody. We, have, we forgive yes. you. We, I, I believe it's Yoan Yoan Griffith. Um, I like that he played into that very distracted kind of energy from Reed. That like that's the whole reason that him and Sue didn't work out because he was kind of oblivious to things and wholly focused on the science and really just missing things. And so it took him a minute to kind of realize that he needed to kind of compartmentalize things in his mind and not be so hyper-focused on the scientific aspects of things. And, and um, so I like that kind of nerdy energy of him that he was so oblivious to kind of the world because he was so focused on the science of things. Yeah, you need um, that. You need so that. I I liked that energy of the character. And I think Miles Teller is kind of doing that a little bit. Um that kind I did of see it a little bit. Yeah, but I but he, like you said, he just wasn't doing enough. Like even him and Sue have this kind of meet cute in the library where they're talking, he's trying to like talk to her about music and stuff, and it's just very kind of not flowing we needed another scene where maybe he takes a minute to figure out what she likes and maybe listen to the band that she mentioned poured his head and then he comes to her and tries to you know and have him kind of strike out a couple times and each time you know she's more and more endeared to him or something or he kind of learns something you know he 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 approaches it like he approaches some type of scientific thing and hypothesizes how to go about talking to her more comfortably each time problem solving with her because that's felt like kind of the vibe that they set up with that first scene and had they continued it it would have developed this romance knowing that these characters are meant to kind of be together married later on in the story and it would have been a cute way to play with reed's very scientific technical way of thinking and you know that playing into a social situation for him you know exactly a problem-solving exercise is the perfect way for yeah. Reed Richards to think about that sort of thing. But the movie doesn't want them to have a romantic relationship. Yes, that and we the, obviously you take all, all know them time. to have. Yes, and you take so much time for this half of the storytelling to show them working together, building this thing. So you have the time to fit something like that as a kind of running montage throughout the throughout this whole kind of aspect of building the machine. What I would say to that is, do they? Because all that, what turns into 80-85% of the movie, ends up feeling like one half of a movie because there should be that equivalent length of time given to the last time. half. Which, you know yes, I mean? and then it kind of builds to nothing. So, uh, but already... like, like with every angle in this movie, any romance that may have been intentioned in Reed Richards and Sue Storm does not go anywhere in this no, movie. No, it doesn't. It Just really doesn't. like everybody's relationship with everybody else. And the story in itself, as we've said, is built and built and built and they get together as a team and we're, we're all there and we're thinking, okay, 
team building now. No, not team building now. Final battle now. Weird. Yes. That's and not what you do. That That's not how story structure exactly. works. And they don't, again, with the dynamics, like we have a whole ass team, like a whole ass set of characters that are siblings and they don't even really get a strong point of, they of don't. bonding. And we don't really get a true explanation as to why Johnny doesn't want to live up to his full potential. Of, of you They know, don't give his high any IQ. time to the storms. To either no. of them. They don't give to any time. To that family time. dynamic. And um, yeah, like they don't, they kind of show him doing this reckless thing because we know, you know, Johnny to be this wild man who loves to, you know, fly by the seat of his pants and this whole thing. So they show him kind of having this street race at the beginning, but then show how reckless he is when he gets hurt. And then you his know, father tell, you know, and his father implying that this isn't the first time something like this has happened. And the only reason that he's working there is to pay off the, is so that his father will pay him so he can fix his car. But they don't really delve too much into why he doesn't want to live up to that potential of having a high IQ and knowing a lot about science and why he fights against that. They don't even take the time to get into that aspect of getting to know the character. You no, know? and it would have even been more because Sue's the adopted one. In this yeah. family. So it would have it would have actually made more sense if you're going to characterize it like that. For Johnny to be the adopted one in this family, wouldn't it? He's the rebel, he's the guy that's out there, the he's outsider. the one that wants to push he's back. He's fighting against, you know, the the side this brilliant family, because maybe he doesn't feel like he fits in or something. But then I don't know if there would have been a social kind of side eye to oh yes the poor black kid being saved by the white family type dynamic that they didn't want to play into um so i get why they made the change but also it was very much him just i think he kind of worked the story around just wanting michael b jordan because he had just worked with him in chronicle um so they had to kind of work it around him just wanting this actor um and you know i think there's a, a a low-key effort from michael b jordan to play into the rebellious side once they do get the powers him kind of wanting to get in there and and you know use the powers and be really public about it and work with the army just so he can kind of play around and have fun but it's very much all but it's very much you know a, a brief conversation he has with sue and then we just kind of hear conversations about him wanting to do that from i certainly people. don't think it's on the level of uh chris evans human torch modeling career that he goes on or something like I mean, that doesn't he, he does no I'm sure he, he, he does, does something like that he does some crazy stuff so like he you know he goes and um i think he goes to like that monster truck show or some type of thing and oh, he's that, riding his bike that. and then flames out of his suits you know when they're all kind of supposed to be keeping a low profile and staying indoors while they're trying to yeah. figure out these powers he's out there showboating on tv yes um, yes Yes, I knew he was making he was making himself public. He was on billboards. Yes, he has a whole big fight with the rest of the team. You know, he doesn't care, and so um, all of that. Again, though, it's it's something that he's in fan four stick, but doesn't go anywhere in fan four stick. It's it's there incredibly briefly. Yeah, it's very much like this is an ad like all of them. They give them this very low key attribute of what we know of these characters through yeah. either other people explaining it 
or through maybe one short scene of dialogue and that's supposed to give us the whole character and it's just not enough it's not enough we need more than that to really understand these characters to to get behind them to um understand their relationship together and then ultimately this team up uh so yeah all of the characters are done a disservice and then here comes victor back looking like a crash test dummy um and like why are his eyes so close together why are his eyes so close together and like his like I, I at least even liked that the whole thing with his mask was it was this mask from his homeland as a gift given to him. And so that's why he wears it to cover like the, the, the scarring on his face because of, you know, what happened to him in, in the accident. Um, yeah. Whereas this, they make it his whole face, his whole body, like the suit fused yeah. to him in some way. He doesn't yeah, even move his mouth. Metal. Yes. So we don't get him emoting. We don't get any facial expressions, nothing. He just has these beady green eyes. And and we don't even really get a clear point of his skill set. We know that Ben no, is no a, rock, a, a super strong rock man. We know that Johnny can go up in flames. We know that Sue can, is in, can make other people invisible, make herself invisible, conjure force fields, and, and you know, that. And we know Reed can stretch, but he can deflect bullets. He can blow up heads. He can, ha- he has some type of telepathic abilities, like moving things with his like mind, I think as well. So there's no real clear establishment of what his skill set is. And I liked like the idea again of them trying to throw in some horror aspects, but him just walking around blowing up heads was just like out of nowhere. Yeah, we don't really get a like... sense of his motivation, why he's trying to do this, why he even has come back. If he's so obsessed with his little planet, why would he even bother? No, coming because back. This like... entire, this entire finale is so rushed. When they all, yeah. when they all go back to Planet Zero, obviously find Victor there, and yes, okay, they at least put him in a hooded cloak. And and it's not even like we'll a cloak. It's that. like a scrap of of garbage bag. It is a scrap of garbage bag. However, it still constitutes for me a hooded cloak. So at least they've done that. Oh my God. Everything else about so the character so of bad. Doctor Doom here is so unlike Lazy. what I am aware of Doctor yeah. Doom to be. Yes. Um. Apart from the fact that he's obviously incredibly powerful. Where the powers come from, how the powers are there, exactly what the powers are. Yes, okay, we don't know, we aren't told, it's very, very unclear. We even get a famous superhero movie, Blue Skybeam, as our finale as well at the end. God. Because we love those, and those aren't boring at all. But it's such a a disappointing depiction of Doctor Doom. Yeah. Even compared to the one from 2005, which isn't phenomenal, but is like, you at least understand what's going on. Yes, and like, 
And there's a whole really good working of them together, combining their powers in, in an interesting way. This is a very much lazy working together of powers for them to kind of do this final battle. And in general, there's not even a whole lot of action in this movie. This no, um, we get a little scene of you know Reed on the run, and they find him, and so he's kind of fighting a couple guys for like two seconds, and then he gets captured again. And then the fight scene at the end. And that's kind of all we get action-wise in, yeah. in terms of fighting. So the sequence, like, yeah, we don't really get... They defeat him seemingly pretty easily. His motivations are unclear. Even kind of how they work together feels... it It's not earned at all because there's no rapport built up with these characters. They're kind of just forced back together and we're supposed to care. We're supposed to be invested in this team. We're supposed to be rooting for them. Like, I just don't care about any of them because they no. didn't make me care about them. <laughs> it seems like it seems like Victor wants to create a new world, but why? We don't know. That's a bit of a throwaway line. And he's trying to like, suck, he's trying to suck the world, our world into the planet zero world or something yes. like that and so things are starting to get so sucked mad. in there and... i don't know why he's so mad at earth like yeah. if he was actually angry at the fantastic for themselves for, for abandoning him, him for leaving him behind there, for making him be this thing and losing his whole life or something but it, that's you know he's never verbally angry at them for that and and at least yeah, that would have like, been some motivation make to make it something them. like think about the spot from across the spider-verse that's his yeah. whole motivation he's wanting to ruin the whole life of miles because he blames miles for ruining his life he can't practice science anymore he can't be a human person anymore he looks like this and it's ruined his whole life so yeah why not at least at least at the bare minimum give him this motivation of abandonment of feeling left and behind and now he can't even be a man anymore he's just this metal monster type thing some no, they, they don't they, they turn him into some sort of wannabe kang the conqueror he's yeah. like oh i'm just gonna make a new world and take over that but, but, but why? why? <laughs> just live in your weird little planet because that's where you want to be with your trash it, bag yeah, cloak. It, it seems like you were you were content there from what you were saying. <laughs> yes. You, oh, it, this that planet is my home. It has made me who I am. Well, just go back without a fuss then, Victor. That's fine. You can Why go is back. it necessary to suck this world into that one? Like, I don't understand. And then we end, they, they easily defeat him in the sky beam. And then we get back to Earth and they're standing on this mountainside or this, you know, hillside so majestic oh, looking yes. over this big crater that's been created because they stopped the the sky beam from sucking up Earth. And that's that's it. Like, literally every cover, uh, every poster is them in a destroyed city and we don't even see them in a city. There's no city. We see them. Here, here are the list of settings in the Fantastic Four. A school, um, a science facility, uh, Planet Zero, and wherever Reed was hiding out. And that's it. 
essentially, yeah. Oh, the street race where we're Johnny street race. So. Sorry, the street race where we meet Johnny. Sorry, I forgot about that. And what I was saying before, what they could have done, although it's uh, it's the wrong studio, is get Dom to Reto involved. <laughs> yeah, they could have done a crossover event race. with um with um Universal and made it happen. But then of course this studio doesn't even exist properly anymore and that's no sad. Isn't and it, the really? funny thing also is like this big rush to make this movie so you don't lose the rights only to lose it all <laughs> immediately. And now we we've we've even talked about it on this episode because the rights have been totally lost. Your company has been totally absorbed uh, yeah. years ago now into yeah. the uh overlord of mickey mouse yeah um yes. um so yeah i mean then the movie ends with them like supposedly saving the world and now the whole daxter facility is like we'll do whatever you want we work for you now we'll give you a facility to build whatever you want to build they're overseeing their uh green screen um assembly of uh <laughs> Yes. Labs and, and things yeah. and they're all excited about it. And it's a very just corny scene where, you know, again, um, Johnny says this very cruel line to Ben, who we've never seen them really even interact. We're supposed to feel like they're this bonded team, but we haven't seen anything from them. Their suits are bland, boring black suits. Of course, the thing he doesn't have a suit, he's just walking around rocks out. And but, but um, weirdly, he might be walking around rocks out, Janine. I still think Jamie Bell, I think, gives the best performance of the four of them. Yeah, I, actually, I mean, he does, he does. I, I really, he's do. very tragic, he's pained as he would be. Um, and even when he's just kind of like this silent kind of, um, this like i don't like i guess like the kind of brute force to reads more kind of thoughtful person yeah, yeah. and he's just like your silent thing yes your silent muscle that's what i was thinking <laughs> trying to think of that term um yeah he's just kind of the quiet muscle who speaks when he you know needs to or feels like he needs to um and then when he becomes the thing he's very much tragic and pained and just looking for help and you know doesn't know what to do with himself and so yeah i think out of everyone he's giving the most emotional performance um, and that's maybe why i'm saying that i you know this movie does actually make me interested in in reading fantastic four maybe stems from the tragedy of the thing himself because yeah. what, for some reason what do i always gravitate towards to in in Morgan hasn't seen superhero movies. When someone's a little it's bit miserable, miserable about their own, yeah. uh, about their own installment, yeah. yeah, you know what? Let's think of another large, muscular, mutated monster from Marvel: uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yes. I happen to remember in the second ever episode of Morgan hasn't seen me <laughs> really quite enjoying Ed Norton's yes. The Incredible Hulk because yes. he was miserable most of the time. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I like people overcoming that sense, you know, and that tends to be what happens in those stories. I, I do like those kind of things. It's in, I think, um, there's a Daredevil story, Born Again daredevil born again that is 
Matt Murdock is at his absolute yeah, kind of, lowest yeah, point. Yeah, doesn't he just kind of lose massively everything? Massively depressed, loses, loses everything, everything kingpin destroys his back. entire life. Yeah. Um, and just completely he's at rock bottom and fights back and fights back and fights back, obviously to the to success in the end. And it, it's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. story. So I think I might just like that kind of Yes, and I, I would be curious to delve into if they actually do kind of go deep into the tragedy of the thing and like the life that he has to live and the fact that he's so he is, othered he and is. different and he can't really live a normal life. And I liked I liked the attempt to give him that in in the second Fantastic Four Tim Story movie, giving him yeah. a girlfriend and you know, not really thinking too hard about the logistics of how that whole relationship no, works. That would be painful, but, wouldn't it? But seeing him be happy and loved despite, you know, what happens to him and giving him a positive kind of story point and i liked that for the character so that we could you know have fun being silly with him and laughing with him and having him be this boisterous character that we know him to be in the comics without feeling bad for him so i yeah. think like the effort that the second movie did to kind of not have us be able to enjoy him without feeling sad for him um was a smart thing to do but yeah, yeah i mean seeing jamie bell in this movie and this tragic version of the character pained and used and abandoned and kind of othered and separated really has me thinking like like you know what you're thinking in the in terms of you know did the comics really take the opportunity to delve deeper with this character um yeah. i'd be really interested to kind of look into that but um yeah i mean the finale of this movie we don't get a, any kind of big city fight because there no. actually was meant to be that and i think budgetary reasons and rushing to get this made reasons that scene had to be cut because even in the trailer there's like a scene of the thing jumping out of a heli or a, a plane or a helicopter or something down into the city but they didn't even have time to like finish cleaning up that scene that they just cut it all together so yeah, uh, rushed <laughs> is a phenomenal word so yeah that i that finale feels unfinished because it there was more filmed and more meant to be seen and they just didn't they didn't use it they didn't have time or budget or whatever so they cut it um so then we jump right into this facility scene that obviously just has them overlooking uh stuff that's not obviously not there mm. and then them trying to come up with the name and try to have cute banter after all of that after not really playing into any kind of funny comedic elements and being kind of mostly self-serious now you're trying to be cute and funny and we just aren't it just feels weird and awkward yes, um, it, it doesn't work it must yeah. have been it must have been such a a, a disappointment really yeah like the cast and they were very involved. sneaky and they knew it was bad because there was a lot of sneaky stuff happening i watched after i watched the movie i watched um a couple kind of breakdowns um i watched um the mr sunday movies caravan of garbage breakdown of it and they talked about how they really were sneaky about it in the end where they made it so um the cast had didn't see the movie until it was till the premiere and critics couldn't had an embargo and they couldn't talk about the movie until it was out yeah <laughs> so they very much knew that they had a turd pile in front of them but just i know but imagine them you know, watching that movie and and remembering yeah. all these things yeah. that they'd filmed or mm -hmm. that they partially filmed and yeah and mm. they're like how did, how come none of this got used like where did you know why yeah. is it yeah would you i'm it just thankful be, it had to be a huge disappointment for everyone to see it and be like 
Yikes. But for the, for these main four who all give reasonable performances, like I said, Jamie Bell, I think, does well. Um, Michael B. Jordan, I'm just thankful, actually got to play a more, <laughs> let's just say, fulfilled wants, comic, yes, book, comic book comic character. book rebel shall we yeah. say because he kind yeah. of is a rebel isn't yeah. he mm -hmm. uh killmonger kate mara just doesn't have anything to do no except to wear a really shit wig in scenes that they had to redo it's so unfortunate yeah. not just the wig but i mean like give her something she had more to do in in her appearance in an iron man movie where she just served him with papers like she probably <laughs> did she probably <laughs> did iron man 2 wasn't yeah. it i think yeah when she and miles teller there's a good Reed Richards in there. Just not in this movie. No. Just not in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah it, I, I can't... I can't profess to enjoying Fantastic Janina, but I can profess to... Do you think... I, I can profess to enjoying 80% of it until I realised that it That's was 80% of it and not 50% of it. <laughs> Yes, I mean, do you think it's better than Roger Corman's Fantastic Four? I've never seen Roger Corman's oh Fantastic okay. Four. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would imagine I'd probably have more fun with Roger Corman's. Yes, I although think so. no, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Sorry, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four is an unreleased movie. No, it's never. It was never released. It was purely made because the whole kind of caveat with that. That contract is you don't have to release it, you just have to make yeah, the movie. It was yeah. made, it wasn't released. Yeah. So there you go. Mm -hmm. We can't see it. You you and just get you like, could find pictures. it. You could find it somewhere. Can you? Is it actually I out? I think you could find it probably on YouTube or something. We'll have to look into that. So you can kind of just give a thought on that next time. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, yeah. perhaps. We'll have to see. Certainly, uh I'll be until until there's hopefully i mean hope to god that the fantastic four that ends up being in the mcu is 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 well done because they're faltering these days somewhat as well in several projects really aren't they they're, they're just yeah. the consistency has gone from marvel studios um they can still do great stuff but yeah. they are more than capable now of doing stuff that does not work and that yeah. just feels really weird yeah. and kind of bad in parts. <laughs> we hope, we hope to God that there's a a really well done Fantastic Four story in there. Yeah. Um, and as enjoyable as, you know, certainly the first Tim Story movie is, we don't want that to still be the best film adaptation yeah, of right? these characters, do exactly, we? Exactly, exactly. I had fun with those movies, but they definitely weren't done to the best of, of their ability and the best way to service these characters. So, No, and, and they are, you, you forget how A-list these characters are because they haven't had a good film. You know, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a An universally loved, you yeah. know, film uh, movie adaptation you yeah. forget how a-list these characters are in the comics because yeah. they are so important to yes 
every everything we 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 love about Marvel comics. Really, that they are, they are, um, and it's a shame. But there we go. We have one episode left, Janine, of the <laughs> Fringe Marvel movie series. Yes going to be a big on one that morgan hasn't seen we're excited for this i'm actually genuinely excited for this because like i said um these characters we're dealing with next week are characters well one of them is someone i've brought up not five yeah. minutes ago on this episode they are characters i am very very familiar with um not even just to a fantastic four extent where i've seen the other movie but i'm not really for you know massively in-depth familiar with them i am in-depth familiar with matt murdoch so next week and and, you know the world of of him and his relationship kitchen and yes so yes we will be delving into a double feature of daredevil and electra to close out that is ben affleck yes yes so um get our kingpin in there i think michael clark duncan's great um mm. colin farrell bullseye, bullseye. <laughs> yes yes i think <laughs> it's gonna be good be i think i'm gonna enjoy i think i'm gonna enjoy them because i think i'm just gonna let myself embrace the tone and i think if i let myself embrace the tone which i which i usually do i mean i'm a fan of silliness yeah goofiness there is also a director's cut so i don't know (laughs) try to find that maybe i'll try and find that then yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna allow myself to i do like silliness it's just whether they are i mean like with this really and ghost rider last week it was just lacking something well same director so (laughs) if i feel daredevil and electra are lacking something then it's gonna be a little bit disappointed but if i feel like they're complete movies they can be as weird as they want to be yeah but if they feel fulfilled then i think i'm probably going to enjoy them i think you will definitely be laughing at some of the the corny elements of how they put this character across but i think you'll also appreciate some things they do to to really respect the character in terms of like you know replicating comic book scenes and um and trying to really play into the darkness of the character for you know a pg-13 early comic book movie any yellow suit no no yellow suit no yellow suit i don't like the yellow suit anyway i've never liked the yellow suit i don't know why people love the yellow suit it's It's all red all red leathers red leather (laughs) Because you know that leather was the was oh leather is a big thing. X Men, X Men yeah. loved leather. Yeah, um, yeah. There we go. That's what's coming next week on Morgan hasn't seen to round out our fringe Marvel movie series. But of course, this has been fan fall stick this week from 2015 in all of its. I was going to say glory, but that's the wrong word, isn't it? In all yeah. of its upsettingness, yeah. which I'm going to use instead, which In isn't even a word. <laughs> there you go. Janine, this isn't only, though no, this isn't the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, because we do have the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast itself, every Friday, celebrating old movies, showing love to them, uh, because that is what we love to do the most, I think. On the yes. It's a Wonderful Podcast. <laughs> um, this week we are talking uh, seconds. 
with Rock Hudson, the kind of low sci-fi, trippy, weird movie from 1966 that we'd yeah. never seen before, we no. have seen now, and is a very interesting discussion indeed, yeah. I have to say. Um, that is what we're talking about this coming Friday last week, was my man Godfrey with William Powell, Carol Lombard, Screwball Comedy 1936. Wonderful movie, that, that is... Uh, we do have episodes of Monday Madness still on the It's Wonderful podcast feed. They will be returning shortly. But there you go. For now, at least, we are here, at least on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, on all major podcast platforms, wherever you want to listen to us. We also have the It's Wonderful podcast YouTube channel for you to subscribe to and ding your notification bells over on. We spoke about the Patreon before, but of course you can find the show on social media as well on Twitter because that is still its name and forever will be. Yeah, and it's a wonderful one. You can find me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at the Purple Dawn. All your fantastic stuff is where you can find me. At Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok and Threads. And if you want to purchase any merch for our shows, you can check the link in the description or search It's Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. Yes. There's only one thing, Janine. And uh, well, I said it then. It's the thing. Come on. Give it. Come on, think. <laughs> the thing impression. Oh my god. Yeah, it's all we want. Three, two, one. It's clobbering time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was really good. I should have started before. <laughs> you should. That would have been more appropriate. That was still good.